What's up? Hey, welcome to The Shaleen Show. I am going to experiment with not playing an intro. I've been listening to a few podcasts where there's no intro and I'm like, yeah, just get right to it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get right to it. And I'm going to start with a message from Alicia. Hi, Shaleen. I am a recent podcast listener. I subscribe to both your podcasts and I just wanted to say from experience that I just recently figured out what podcasts were. I'm in my late 30s. I'm embarrassed to say this but it just was not part of my daily routine. I didn't know how they would benefit me. And when I found your podcast, I was hooked. I'm a therapist. So honestly, a lot of times I get great ideas from you and I use a lot of your ideas with my patients and it just sparks creativity with my therapeutic methods. And I just really appreciate you. Alicia, that was delicious. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. And thank you for doing what you do, especially in moments like this. I really hope that people understand how incredibly valuable it is to have a therapist like you. Whether you're single and hoping to meet someone, newly in a relationship, trying to figure out if this is the right person, or just trying to survive There are days when we all feel like we're on a reality TV show, similar to Survivor or Big Brother, except that we can't leave the house and no one can vote us off. The reason why those reality TV shows are so fascinating is because they remove all of the distractions. Emotions run deeper. Relationships can feel like they're under a microscope or on fast forward. What happens when we don't have romantic restaurant date nights when we're no longer going to work? when our sleep schedules have been disrupted, or when we can't escape the person we were dating. So, funny thing, at the beginning of all this quarantine, like right before everything hit, I met somebody, and we actually started delivering food to shelters for people that were in need, especially during this time in the pandemic. You know, dating's very different when there's no place to go. And so it sort of shifts the process. It kind of distills everything down. You kind of have the opportunity to really get to know this person in simple ways and kind of catalyze the process of finding new and creative ways to date and to be connected. It's interesting to see what happens to human relationships when we remove distractions. It's as if we're all part of this massive experiment in human behaviors. How do we feel about each other when distractions are lifted and the white noise of busyness leaves us in the still of each other's company. What becomes of our connections when we remove distractions? One might think that we would be even more intimately connected because we have more time, because we're together, because there's less to do and fewer places to go. But sometimes when we remove all those things, what's revealed are the cracks. My fiance and I live together Usually in difficult times, we come together and spend a lot of time reflecting and spending time together and being each other's support. And we have grown so distant since all of this stress has come down, which really sucks because our wedding was supposed to be next weekend and that was devastating. We had to move it a year out. Every night he's playing video games. I'm on my phone, my computer, binge watching Bravo, and we're not spending any time together. We just immediately go to our separate corners of the house, not really having any sexual intimacy like we usually do. And it sucks. It sounds to me like the wedding being postponed might just be a blessing in disguise. And I'm not suggesting that the two of you aren't meant to be together, 
but I would highly encourage you to each do your own therapy and maybe even do some couples therapy. According to a survey published by the journal Family Psychology, couples who do premarital education reported much higher levels of marital success. I mean, it's not going to hurt, and you definitely have the time. It might not seem this way right now, but I promise your marriage is way more important than your wedding day. I loved hearing from so many of you who recognize that this is a really stressful moment. It's a time when our natural desires to connect with other people might be there, but it might not be in your best interest or in your family's best interest to start dating or get to know someone new during this time. Instead, you've made a conscious decision to take care of yourself and your family. I am a 43-year-old single mama to two boys that are 14 and 13. I have to say, I have fallen more in love with myself and my kids and my family and probably my best friends. I am not dating. I am not in a position where I'm even ready to put myself out there and invest in someone. And quarantine time, just not the time for me. I have to focus on basically survival skills for myself, my family. I'm blessed to still have a job. I am fortunate I can still put food on the table. I love investing in my friendships and supporting my girls. So that is my relationship status. Hey, Shalene, this is your friend Bryce from Detroit over at BriceTheThird.com. And I just wanted to take the time out to give you a single person's perspective on dating, intimacy, and physical relationships within this COVID-19 environment. I've been taking this time out to look into the mirror and really do self-discovery, really figure out who it is that I am, what it is that I like, and just learning more about myself because that's who I'm spending all my time with. But when it comes to intimacy, I'm just learning more about myself so when you know the gates drop and we can go back out and we can reintegrate, I'll be a better person for it. It goes without saying that what's most important now is our health and well-being. And I love that people are setting aside their personal objectives for the greater good of society. But what impact does this have on our mental health? Physical intimacy, even just touch, is necessary. We know based on countless scientific studies that those lacking in physical touch are far more likely to experience stress, depression, and anxiety. When it comes to dating, all that is kind of cut out. Recently, if it's a date, it's either with myself or with my kids. I do miss physical relationships. I do miss being able to touch people and hug people. And even though but right now I've learned that to love each other is to give each other distance. So I'll be okay with that. Bryce the Third, I love following him on Instagram. He always blows me away with his word use. The guy is so poetic. And if you didn't catch it, at the very end there, he said, to love each other is to give each other distance. And I think that's true whether we're in a state of lockdown or not. Isolation and loneliness are real under normal conditions. But to remove social closeness globally is kind of crazy. And so many of you shared stories of how you got phone calls from past boyfriends and girlfriends and love interest. People who frankly seemed a bit too desperate to hook up. I never, ever, ever want to connect or be with someone due to a circumstance. Whether that be loneliness due to quarantine or whether that be like, oh, shit, I'm old and I got to hurry up and get married kind of thing. You know what I mean? 
I don't want to be that. I want to be with somebody who genuinely chooses me because of me. Not because they're lonely. Not because they're trying to check a box and be like, okay, it's time for me to marry now. Or, oh, I'm in my 40s and I haven't got married and I need to do something about that. You know what I mean? It's really hard because I just turned 51 and I think to myself, oh, bloody hell, is this going to be the end of my dating life? I hope not. And I really do hope not. So it's hard in that way, even though I'm speaking to people. A question I get all the time is, Shalene, can I still have alcohol? Is alcohol healthy for me if I'm drinking a glass of wine or if I'm doing it in moderation? Am I going to be doing damage to myself or is this something I should cut out completely? Well, I'm glad you asked. And it's a question I had as well. Well, the research is very clear. Drinking alcohol on a regular basis is not going to improve your health long term. There's plenty of benefits and we have studies to support them. Enjoying a glass of wine might just be good for your health. As with most things, not all wines are created equal. Just because you're drinking red wine does not mean you're doing something good for you. As a matter of fact, it was learning about how domestic wines here in the U.S., what they're allowed to put in the bottle and they're not required to label, that explained to me why I had these crazy headaches. I mean, I did not like wine. Every time I had a glass of wine, it was kind of unpredictable how I would feel the next day. And soon I figured out from listening to an episode of Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey, I learned about a company called Dry Farm Wines. More importantly, I learned about what it is we're allowing into the bottles of alcohol and wines here in the U.S. and why it's so important to know what's in your glass of wine. So if you are looking for a healthier alternative, if you do want to have the occasional glass of wine and you're looking for something that has less than one gram of carbohydrates, less than one gram of sugar, there is finally a healthier alternative. So you can enjoy a lovely imported glass of wine, the highest quality wine, super affordable. Everything's been tested. It is pure. It is organic. And I promise you this, you can taste the difference. If you don't believe me, try it for yourself. You can go to dryfarmwines.com forward slash Shaleen. Let me make it really easy for you. You don't even have to remember that. Just swipe over this podcast, look at the show notes, and you will see a link there. Again, it's dryfarmwines.com forward slash Shaleen. And when you use that link, you'll actually get an additional bottle of wine for just one penny. Try it. You'll love it. And you might just live a little longer. So why not make a healthier choice the next time you want to have a glass of wine, something that isn't loaded with preservatives and additives, something that's a little lower in alcohol content, way lower in carbs and sugar, and far healthier for you. Check it out. Dry Farm Wines. This next dating tale is going to be like our own little reality TV show. I try to keep your names out of the show, but just to keep the story straight. We're going to call the first voice you hear, we're going to call him C. And the second voice that you'll hear, we'll call him E. The two met online. They live in separate cities and we're just getting to know each other. So he lives in Dallas. Obviously, I live in Arizona. We had communicated for like five months virtually before we met face to face. 
I came back a couple times to Dallas to visit him just like for the weekend, but we had had conversation and kind of got on the same page and said that it's just going to be casual because of distance, right? And both of us having busy lifestyles. But then E decides to take a trip to Arizona to visit with C. That was early March. When he was in Arizona and then we got quarantined, it expedited the dating process, right? Like it took the couple times we had hung out already and combined it with weeks of being in the same room in the same house. And I think that it caused a natural shift in both of our feelings to say, okay, well, there's more here now. It's more than casual. Like our feelings have evolved or developed further since then. I think being thrown into this, we are really seeing early on different either mannerisms or habits or just like ticks about each other that you wouldn't necessarily see in the beginning of a relationship, which is so interesting to me. So for me, I can confidently say I would have gotten to a dating part in our relationship. Obviously, the quarantine, I know for me, really sped that up. I was really starting to get feelings Honestly, the second, third time he came back to Dallas to visit me, he came to visit on a trip, went home, and then four or five days later, he texted me again and was like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm thinking about coming back. And that's whenever it really kind of hit a special nerve for me. I was like, okay, this isn't just a casual thing. So I think I kind of opened a little door to allowing myself to be more vulnerable. So E flies back to Arizona to visit with C. And while he's there, the nation goes on lockdown. Little did I know, I had no idea we were going to be stuck in the house for weeks (laughs) with each other. I asked both gentlemen independently what their hopes were for the future when their respective governors lift the curtain and people are able to return to work E is able to return to Dallas. Will he return to Dallas? Will they maintain their relationship? What's their hope for the future? It's really teaching me to let go of wanting to control the narrative and instead giving more power to my faith and believing in things to unfold as a higher power intends. You know, I don't know what life is going to look like once we go back to whatever normal is. It's hard to picture what that will look like. Fair enough. I don't know what movies and restaurants, work, the gym, or the economy is going to look like. I mean, none of us do. But I'm not sure how that impacts love. Obviously, I want to continue to date. And I know the reality is when this is over, we're going to be a two-hour flight apart from each other, which is kind of scary. For me, everything happens for a reason. And... Everything is a stepping stone to a new chapter in our life. And I think this is just where I'm supposed to be and where we're supposed to be. I'm excited for it. I'm ready for this journey with he and I and, I don't know, to see where it goes. Recording this episode felt a little bit like what it must feel like to be a producer on the mega-hit Netflix series, Love is Blind. If you haven't seen it, you must. Trust me. First episode, you might think, hmm, not sure. By the second episode, you will be hooked. As a viewer, you can't help but watch these couples and think to yourself that one person is more into it than the other. But in some cases, they're both really into each other. You find yourself rooting for this couple that you've never even met. You can't help but notice the similarities between a reality show where they take couples and 
quarantine them away from their real lives, their real jobs, their regular routines. It expedites the process of getting to know each other and either falling in love or really getting on each other's nerves. I think being thrown into this, we are really seeing early on different either mannerisms or habits or just like ticks about each other that you wouldn't necessarily see in the beginning of a relationship, which is so interesting to me. It's kind of like being stuck on a deserted island with someone. Eventually, the novelty will subside, and then you're looking at that other person through the lenses of our past relationships and perhaps unresolved pain. And here's what that means for C. You know, I've been cheated on before, and I didn't know what was going on until I saw a text message on a cell phone. And so, you know, when you see someone distracted on their phone for a long period of time, or just not attentive to you, and maybe they're working, right? Like maybe they're texting their mother, but you can't help but turn to that feeling of trauma and wonder, wait, is this going to happen to me again? You know, it's unfortunate, but you undeniably bring this baggage, like this heavy baggage into another relationship. It brings up all of those unsettled emotions, right? Like you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to be rejected. You don't want to be wronged. We put on this like suit of armor to try and protect ourselves from it. All that does is it, number one, it distracts us from communicating. And then number two, it makes us less real and less authentic. And we just kind of start to harbor all of that internally. All this undistracted time has given C the opportunity to really reflect on those feelings and learning to let go of those things that we can't control. My hope is that I'll rely more on hope than having expectations and continue to focus on making decisions from that feeling versus my past trauma or my past experiences. My hope is that we'll be able to communicate just as efficiently living in separate places and doing our own thing as we are right now. I hope that this time is a time for us to build a really strong foundation with one another so that we're able to carry it forward into the next phase of our relationship together. Now listen, it is not my place to put a label on whatever's going on here, but it's starting to sound like these two really care about each other. From the moment like we kind of started to explore one another, I felt like I'm going to take care of you. And I don't mean in like a, I'm going to do the dishes, I'm going to do the laundry kind of way, take care of you. I mean like I'm going to take care of you emotionally. Like I'm going to be so in tune with your spirit that I'm able to know how we can best grow together as one unit while still being independent humans. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I am seriously relieved. I was rooting for these two. No pressure, C and E, no pressure, but just so you know, I am an ordained minister, and yes, I could marry you. But of course, attendees would have to sit six feet apart. And what is dating like for those of you who actually have to social distance from your partner? Imagine being in a committed relationship with someone who is immune-compromised and learning that the two of you, though you want to be together, can't physically be within six feet of each other. My name is Tanya. My boyfriend's name is Jeff. We have kind of went through a lot of ups and downs. 
he is immunocompromised. I'm considered an essential worker, so I still go to work and have to be around people. And it was kind of worrisome with him and him being immunocompromised. So for the first couple of weeks, we didn't see each other. Well, we did, but we went on walks on opposite sides of the road, and we had dinner where I was out on the patio. He was in in the house. I guess I should clarify, we don't live together. So, yeah, but we've kind of transitioned from that. I'm able to work in my own office now, kind of away from everybody else. So we've started seeing each other again, and today he proposed. So I think that this has been actually really great for us. I think brought us closer on different levels and made us realize what's really important to us. Tanya, well, I hope you said yes. This is an adorable story. I mean, how memorable. You know, people always ask, how did he propose? And now you've got this incredible story and it really brings home that message that to love each other, we sometimes have to give each other distance. It gives me goosebumps thinking about how true that is for the two of you. What a cool story and what an awesome job that I have that I get to hear from all of you in such profound ways, like just to understand that all of our lives are so different, yet we're so connected. Thank you to every single person who left a very heartfelt, very honest message, many of which I just sat and I Either I was crying or I was laughing. There's so many. I wanted to just completely fill up five podcasts with your messages. And I'd like to do this again. So be sure to check on Instagram. Almost every other day, I am giving you a phone number to call, giving you a way to reach out to me and a topic. And we love hearing your voices. Like people get sick of hearing my voice. They want to hear your voice. We love hearing your stories. In your story, we hear ourselves. You give us strength. You give us hope. You give us belief in ourselves. You make us feel normal because we are normal. Even if things feel a little crazy right now. Listen, I love you so much. I cannot thank you enough for supporting our show sponsors and for supporting the show. So if you've got a moment, if you wouldn't mind... It would mean the world if you would stop, rate, and review the show. And of course, make sure that you subscribe to Build Your Tribe. That's the one that's all about money, which is kind of an important thing right now. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to become a member of our pod squad. It's just a free Facebook group where we all hang out and discuss the show. And this is probably going to be a pretty cool one to discuss. All right. I love you. I mean it. And I will talk to you soon.